This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. It is the time for the last international break for our senior men. We've got Albania at home Friday the 12th and San Marino away on Monday the 15th of November. Now on Thursday the 4th, manager Gareth Southgate announced his latest squad. We'll take a look at that one soon, as we will... We'll check in with our correspondents from both of those opposing nations. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and the support you give to the podcast. All previous episodes, you know, can be found at 3 or your chosen podcast provider. And there have been a couple of recent ones. There was one where I spoke with Aidan Smith from 3 We took a look at FIFA's prospect or proposal of a World Cup every two years. Will it happen Many of us don't want it to. Will it happen? Highly likely, I'd say so. Uh, And there was also the one where I caught up with Rich Laverty for a chat about the Lionesses and the draw for next year's European Championships. The Women's Euros are being held here on home soil. Plenty of games across England next year for the Lionesses, hopefully. Now, on to current matters. England. Going into these last two games, we are currently top of Group I, having played eight matches. We've won six, we've drawn two. And going into these last round of games, we are three points ahead of Poland. They're in second place. And just to recap, in case you've forgotten, last month's games, we won 5-0 away in Andorra. And then there was the 1-1 draw at home to Hungary, which you'd be forgiven for forgetting about. You may also remember, though, that Hungary game saw some disturbances in that Hungarian section of supporters. And as a result of that, FIFA have banned Hungarian fans from attending their final away game against Poland on the 15th of November. That's the same evening we play San Marino. And the Hungarian FA have also been fined 75,000 Swiss francs, which is £65,000. Hungary, well, they just seem to be racking up punishment after punishment at the moment. And there was a thing that I read that apparently the the disturbances weren't caused just by Hungarian fans. There was also talk that Polish fans might have been in there with the Hungarian fans and doubling up together. I don't know. Um, So, yeah, but they're not allowed to go to Poland for their final away game. So there is the squad announcements. It is a 25-man squad wondering if the days of 23 have gone now. Are the sizes of squads getting bigger? Two games. Do we need a 25-man squad? Don't know. There are no major surprises. There are no new faces, although some have returned, although some have disappeared from the last squad. Uh, As always, we'll go through it. We've got three goalkeepers, Sam Johnston, Jordan Pickford, Aaron Ramsdale. Defenders Trent Alexander-Arnold, Ben Chilwell, Connor Cody, Rhys James, Harry Maguire, Tyrone Mings, Luke Shaw, John Stones and Kyle Walker. Midfielders six of Jude Bellingham, Jordan Henderson, Mason Mount, Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, James Ward-Prowse. 
Calvin Phillips, of course, returns after he was after he pulled out of the last squad, injured. And then up front, Tammy Abraham, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, again, who's back after injury, Bakaya Saka and Raheem Sterling. Clearly there are some players that, who it could be said, aren't in the form of their life. And when asked about it, Gareth Southgate said that it was a fair call, but he wouldn't elaborate on it anymore. I think it would be fair to say those players include both Harris, Maguire and Kane, Tyrone Mings too. And he was asked about Aaron Ramsdale. Someone said to him, can he become an England first choice keeper? Uh, Southgate was quick to say that this was only his third squad, but he has impressed him with the way he plays out of his feet and said there's a fight on. And that does include Sam Johnston too. Of course, both competing for that first spot, currently occupied really by Jordan Pickford. And there were some players that didn't make it back from that last squad. Fikayo Tamora can count himself unfortunate, I think. He only came on with an hour gone against Andorra and didn't play against Hungary. There's no Ollie Watkins this time. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I think, is still injured. Mason Greenwood uh, and Emil Smith-Rowe of Arsenal, again, not picked. On Mason, he said that he'd discussed him previously, obviously referring back to the last squad where he said he'd been playing a lot of games and he didn't want to burden them with more games. Ben White, been doing well for Arsenal, yet to add to the two caps he earned, both at Middlesbrough before the Euros. And then, of course, there's Jaden Sancho, Jesse Lingard. Uh, Gareth Southgate said that they aren't playing enough for their club. Uh, of course, Manchester United. Although that said, we have a weekend of Premier League football to get through. So I may have to edit this bit. They may get a return. We shall see. So after the weekend's Premier League action, and that was one that featured the Manchester derby, as expected, we had some changes. This is the edit. Uh, on Monday, the 8th, four players didn't turn up for the first day of the squad meet-up at St George's Park. They included Marcus Rashford and Luke Shaw from United, Chelsea's Mason Mount and James Ward-Prowse from Southampton. Now, apparently Rashford is still looking to rehabilitate his shoulder. Luke Shaw, following his participation in the Manchester derby, is under concussion protocol. James Ward-Prowse is ill and Mason Mount has been delayed by dental surgery. I've not heard that one before. Um, although it does mean he may still join the squad. I'm not 100% sure. Now, four players out. Took us down to 21 players. Arsenal beat Watford at the weekend with a goal from Emil Smith-Rowe. And after saying that it had been overlooked, Gareth drafted him in from the under-21s for his first England senior squad experience. So we're actually up to 22 players now. That's more like it. So with those changes made, here are your stats. Manchester City have got five players. Arsenal three, Chelsea two, Liverpool two. West Brom, Everton, Wolves, Villa, Dortmund, Leeds, West Ham, Roma, Manchester United and Tottenham all have one player in the England squad. It is a squad with an average age of 25. There are 563 caps across it and 81 goals. But I did put this one out on Twitter. I wonder what you think of it. I'm wondering if there is a danger of this England squad just becoming a little stale. And it's no secret that Gareth has stayed loyal to the players that got him to the final of the Euros. And I get that. 
totally. But by doing that, chances are he's going to stay loyal to that same group of players that will get us to the World Cup next November. Hopefully. That is another year away. Where and when does he start to integrate some new faces? Or to put it politely, when does he start to drop some players? The likes of Kyle Walker, Jordan Henderson, Kieran Trippier, both the other side of 30. Sam Johnston, Connor Cody, Harry Maguire, Tyrone Mings, Harry Kane, they're all 28. I've already mentioned Maguire, Mings and Kane in the same sentence before. Do we get to Qatar and then the changes are made? Or will the changes be down to another manager? Maybe after Qatar, I don't know. Is he making a rod for his own back by being too loyal? And again, as I say, I've no issues with loyalty. But when do we start to make some of the subtle changes? The March friendlies? The Nations League games in June and September? But then you'd expect us to be looking forwards to the World Cup with a settled squad. Sort of a vicious circle I'm seeing this. It's not a anti-Southgate rant by, by no means. I think I'm just curious as to what his thinking is, maybe six to eight months down the line. But I'm quite sure he's got his own plan, his own thoughts, um, and we'll see, hopefully, some new faces. And I know he has introduced a fair amount of players over his tenure. What is it, five years now Gareth Southgate has been in charge of England? And he has introduced 46 new faces into the squad over the years. So it's not to say he doesn't bring in new players, but at the moment I'm just thinking they are the same players. Yeah, perhaps I'm just being nosy. Now, England face Albania on Friday the 12th of November. It is our last home game of this qualifying campaign. Uh, Both sides will be hoping to put right previous performances and results. England drawing with Hungary and Albania losing at home to Poland. I'm delighted to be joined once again by Elton Gahir. He's an Albanian living in New York. He's going to give us a uh, little bit more of an insight into the Albanian side. Elton, you all right? Yeah, Russell, it's good to be back on the show. How's New York at the moment? New York's, uh, the weather's been pretty nice um, for this time of the year. We're pretty happy about that. Um, Other than that, same old. Lovely. I mean, we have to stretch our mind back quite away for this one, don't we? March, last time we met, uh, it was a 2-0 win for England. And it was, it was behind closed doors. And it was one of the, I think it was one of the first games to be played in Albania's new ground, wasn't it? I believe that's the case. I think we opened up uh, the stadium, the new ground, and uh, we played against France. And then the, the only other game that we played uh, in that stadium before the England, England game. Yeah. So it's a Harry Kane goal and Mason Mount in each half. But I seem to remember it wasn't a convincing England performance. Albania had a couple of moments. We did have a couple of moments. I think we played very well defensive-wise. And then we had a couple of lapses uh, defensively and England scored. But I think we were holding our own for a little while there. I was pretty happy with that performance uh, overall. I know we were a little bit lacking offensive-wise. Um I think that may, may have been the game where um, this would be like my main talking point uh, of this conversation. Armando Broy, I think, may have, may have had his uh, debut um, uh, with our national team. Right. And he's uh, he's now with Southampton. He's a Chelsea player. He's on loan uh, with Southampton. He's just started, actually, um, 
his very first game in the Premier League uh, this past uh, uh, weekend and scored for Southampton. So we're pretty happy yeah. about that. Everyone's like sort of like monitoring his his progress. He's our our hope for the future. Right. Uh, this guy, uh, he didn't do very well. He was a little bit nervous uh, during that game. And I feel like our whole offense uh, was a little bit nervous that, you know, playing against England, uh, lots of pressure on them, especially playing at home. Uh, so I didn't think we, do, we did very well offensive-wise. But defensively, we're pretty, we're pretty strong. You know, obviously, we had a couple of lapses there. Uh, the Harry King goal, actually, sort of like, yeah, pretty much <laughs> put an end to, to, to it. <laughs> It was a pretty good header, actually. Yeah, uh, I do recall. And Mason Mount played very well in that game. Yeah, one of one of his he, good he, games. For... Yeah, he stood. Yeah, he, he stood out in that game. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we when we did speak back then, you were fairly confident about second place in the group being achievable. And I think in my mind, I was like, mm, I, I don't know, but I think you've been okay. You're not in second place at the moment, but I think you've. You've done well to to be in and around that second spot and still stand a chance. Yeah, I mean it was achievable. I know when we, when we first uh, when the draw came out uh, at the very beginning, we were pot four, I believe. Uh, so uh, in a lot of fans' minds, we were like going to fight for pretty much third place, and you know it, it was going to come down to what our head to head games would end up against uh, Poland and and Hungary. Yeah. We did very well against Hungary. Uh, I think we dominated them in both games. I was kind of surprised because Hungary played very well at the Euros. Yeah. They were in a really tough group with France, Germany, and uh, Portugal. And they they held themselves very well. Uh, they held up very well. Uh, they had a couple of... Uh, they were missing a couple of um, forwards. I think their main forward was injured for both games that we played the, uh, against them. But yeah, we did very well uh, against Hungary. So getting like a you know, uh, a win at one zero from both games helped us a lot to put us in a in a position to be like we're we're doing very well before this Poland game, and then it all you know sort of like kept <laughs> on end. Uh, it's kind of like a repeat of a scenario that happened in them. It's I I I didn't see those games, but in nineteen in nineteen eighty six uh, World Cup qualifiers. We were in the same group uh, with Poland as well. Okay. Uh, at the time, uh, we had Belgium, uh, Poland, and Greece. And we were in, I think, in second place when we were playing Poland at home. And we lost to Poland at home in the small right. as well. Had we won that game, we would have been through to the, uh, I believe, playoffs for the 1986 World Cup. So it was pretty much a, a repeat of that scenario uh, to 35 years later. And unfortunately, we couldn't uh, we couldn't get a result. I, I mean, the game was I, I don't think that Poland deserved a win, but I mean, you know, we made a couple of mistake defensive errors, and that that cost us a game. Yeah, it was it was a late goal by Poland, um, and unfortunately, I think probably I only saw the the highlights. Probably would only be remembered for the uh, for the trouble that occurred. Um, unfortunately, the Albanian fans sort of serenaded the. Uh, the Polish goal scorer with some bottles um, and the game was held up for a little while. And I'd never really heard of sort of Albanian issues, trouble wise like that before. Is this, is this unusual? We, yeah, we don't usually, yeah, we don't know. There's not, there's been like not crowd troubles, I'd say. I feel like when you, when you, when you, when you think of like crowd trouble is like fans fighting yeah. more like the English, <laughs> uh, the English style uh, fighting like the 1970s, 80s. Now yeah. these days, uh, Albanians have a tendency to throw stuff at, at opposing players in like their corners. 
corner kicks, uh, and especially in this situation, I think things had like sort of bottomed it up for a little while. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who was watching the game in the stadium and he was sitting uh, right next to the Polish fans. And the Polish fans had been throwing stuff at the Albanian fans from the upper stand, the upper deck. Oh, for right. Pretty much, for, for pretty much all of the game. And I think uh, it's sort of like uh, it escalated, you know, once they scored a goal and people were very frustrated. They started throwing. Yeah, it was, we were very, I was watching the game on TV and I was pretty upset about it. I didn't want the game to end, you know, to be suspended for, for you know, such a stupid, you know, um, display by the fans. I hopefully, you know, it was not, but, you know, we still didn't get a result. But you're right. The, the game will go down, will be remembered for the for those, you know, yeah, the ugly display by the fans. Not happy about that at all. No, I mean, no, yeah, no. I feel like, yeah, pretty much everyone was very upset about it. Like The general feeling overall, you know, like we don't tend to, yeah, we don't tend to, like, treat our you know guests that in that manner <laughs> yeah and uh, a lot of a lot of people were uh, very upset about it that's understandable so the the game against england is going to be the the sixth meeting between us both five victories to england they've all been world cup qualifiers stretching back to 89 i mean from from my own perspective i, I can't see that changing um i can see a an england win again but but how about you yeah i mean <laughs> At this point, uh, after losing this game to Poland at home, it's pretty much. I feel like the general feeling is one of it's pretty negative. I should say going into this game, no, no one's expecting to get a result. Really, to be honest, uh, we do have a tendency, like the Albanian national team, they do have a tendency to to play above their level when they play teams of of like the England, you know, caliber. They played they played with some games against Germany where they got they barely got beat uh, in a few games. I think in a couple of games, we're actually ahead of Germany. We're like going into like the last minutes of the game and then Germany pulls out, you know, like they always do yeah. <laughs> a couple of goals in the final dying minutes of the games and they, they ended up winning. But we've, we've had our own against some very tough competition. We played France at the Euros uh, and it was like going into the last minute of the game, we were 0-0 and then um, they scored a goal. Griezmann, Griezmann scored a header at the Euros and then it was, we considered another one in like the, literally like last second of the game. Yeah. I, I don't think our style is very well suited towards the English style uh, game. I think because of English, England plays an aerial game, I don't think we will do very well, to be honest. I don't expect us to be, you know, blown away and we'll probably be like a 1-0, 2-0. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful after the Hungary game. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of crazy that we beat Hungary in both games, and then Hungary is uh, able to get a result uh, at Wembley. Oh yeah, it's um, an awful game. Kinda, I one. feel like Hungary is kind of the, the type of team they 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 played, I guess, uh, up or down to their opposition level, right? They 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 rise to the occasion on when they play these big teams, but then when they play uh, when they play against teams like our our caliber, like Albania and Poland, they don't do very well. They don't do very well. We, but, I, I was surprised. We domi- I feel like I felt like we dominated Hungary in both games, both in a way, yeah. uh, home and away. And I, I was surprised that, uh, to be honest, at that, that uh, after the Euro performance. Mm. So hopefully we'll be able to get a result. I mean, we definitely we desperately need a win, which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, uh, we may get lucky. I feel like England still had has not secured first place, so they're not going to play. Not that the English second string or like B team, uh, England B team would be uh, um, uh, uh, any less tough for us. But I feel like 
we might be able to get a result, but I feel like England's going to go for it. They, they need the win to to secure first place, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think yeah. That, I, I, you guys are what two or three points ahead of? I think we're two ahead of Poland, I believe. Yeah, so you definitely you definitely need the win, right? Or at least well, a tie, I think. Well, we don't want to be so going into the last win. game against San Marino. Well, that's a, a given, right? Well, you, yeah, you'd hope so, but things happen. No, I don't know. I feel like Andorra is probably like the tougher of the, the I guess, the two minnows in the, in, the, in the group. I think Andorra is a tough. I mean, we we tied Andorra at home uh, in our last qualifying campaign, so I feel like Andorra of the two is. Uh, I don't think San Marino's ever had a. I don't know if they have ever drew anyone. I don't know. Means, yeah, but I know <laughs> but Andorra I know. Is, a, is a bit of a tougher opposition, so I yes. don't worry about that last game. Plus Poland plays plays Hungary at home, but you don't want to leave it. You don't want to leave it up to the last game. <laughs> no, I mean, but generally, I guess with with the performances you've been putting in, the, the Albanian people supporters probably got to be be more than happy with it so far. And looking ahead to to future qualification campaigns, I think uh, going into the qualifiers at the beginning of the campaign, I think a lot of people have been very happy with the position that we're in right now. But since we were kind of like in, in in a much better place before the Poland game, I think a lot of people are disappointed right now. Uh, if we had tied them, we'd still be ahead of them. And I think going into the England game, I think even a tie would have served as well, assuming, you know, the Polish results didn't go their way, right? If Poland, I think, got... Because we play... I think we play Andorra at home in our very last home game. Yeah. So in our minds, that's also a win, yeah. right? But yeah, that history tells us otherwise. Um yeah, I think people overall are happy. I think it's more of a transition period for us. We did very well with uh, under our previous coach, uh, Johnny DiBiase, DiBiase um, in our um, 2016 Euros. Those are, it's been sort of like a transition period where we're kind of like relying more and more on like youth players that are coming up the ranks. Uh, Armando Broya is one of them. I feel like he's going to be our main forward for like, the next decade or so this guy's really something something else i mean he's, he's a true gem uh, i think i think his style of play will help us you know hopefully qualify for one of the year i'm, I'm hoping i'm hoping this whole like world cup uh, every two years does happen so we have better chances Whoa, qualifying in my lifetime <laughs> <laughs> well you're the first person i've heard to say that but uh, yeah we shall see <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, mean, I speak to a lot of my friends. Everyone's against it. Yeah. I'm, I feel like me and like a couple of other friends. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in a minority, but I only see us see that as an opportunity for like the smaller teams to you know qualify. Hopefully, like an expanded field as well, uh, which I think is going to happen at some point. Like I think the 2026 World Cup will have 48 teams. Yeah, uh, I mean we live in a different world, right? I feel like we're we're we're. This, this whole setup, like the World Cup every four years, was set about 100 years ago, right? When travel between countries was, you know, very time-consuming. I remember, like, the very first World Cup was in South America, right? Yeah, Uruguay. If I'm not mistaken. So, like, traveling from Europe to South America took probably, like, a whole month uh, back in the day. So, every four years did make sense 100 years ago. But in this day and age, right, with the way, like, the everything has evolved, like the, the Champions League, it's not what it used to be, right? Only the champions, only the champions used to qualify thirty something years ago, right? And then it changed, right? Yeah. So I think there is, you know, obviously I understand the the concern with the fixture fixtures, right? But if they do, like, 
I don't think England has to qualify for the for the World Cup, right? Maybe what they do is have top 16 teams do not qualify and then everyone everyone else fight it out. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly a lot more to be spoken about the uh, the World Cup every two years. You said about um, watching the uh, watching the Albania games on the TV over there in New York. This particular game, you're actually going to get the opportunity to see the team and Broya in uh, in action. You're coming to Wembley, aren't you? I am coming to Wembley, and I'm pretty excited about it. I'm hoping things stay as they are right now. I don't want any change of plans. Uh, yeah. You know, hopefully um, there will be a full capacity, and I, I, my understanding is that they will be at full capacity. Uh, it's pretty exciting to be at Wembley. Uh, uh, the only the only other game that I watched in England was in Southampton, as I mentioned before, watching England Kosovo. Kosovo, so it will be a pretty exciting match for me. I think we played only one one other time at Wembley, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe the first time we played that was in '89. I don't yes. know where we played the the other game. I'm not sure if we played at Wembley or not, but this will probably be the the second game. And pretty excited. I, I think Broya will probably start. Uh, there's been a lot of like unhappiness amongst the fan base, the supporters that he had not, he did not start in any of our, in any of our games. He came on as a sub uh, in the second half in pretty much every game. He scored in two of you know two of our wins uh, when we beat uh, Hungary in both games. He scored both at home and away. Our our main forward who plays in Turkey, so-called uh, Tsikaleshi, tested positive for COVID. So a lot of people thought that uh, Broya would start. And he still didn't start, and people were unhappy about it. It was, yeah. it was a game where we needed a win. We desperately needed a win, and we're not able to pull it off. So hopefully he gets to start in England. I know he's also, like, uh, he's English-born. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's born in Slough? Slough? Slough. Slough, yeah. So it'll be, I'm sure you'll be very excited for him as well. I think uh, he played with Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham at Chelsea. Uh, this is, they, they seem to have a good relationship from what I see online on the social media. Tammy yeah. Abraham always like commenting on, on on his posts, so it'll be pretty exciting for him too, right? I mean, uh, yeah. if he if he gets to start in his first game at Wembley, uh, there must be something tr- truly magic for someone who grew up in England. Yeah, and now he's playing from Albania. It's real, it'll be uh, hopefully he gets to score, and if you get if you get a full result, it'll be even better. Well, we we shall see. Um, yeah, looking forward to it, and and yeah, stay in touch, and maybe we can uh, maybe we can catch up before the game for a uh, for a pint. No, oh, absolutely, I'd love to. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a note. Lovely, uh, Elton. Thank you very much for your time, and yeah, enjoy the game, and and all the best. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Elton. Thank you to Elton there for his time. Now, San Marino. For the fourth time we play them away, and this is the third time we will play them in the Republic of San Marino. And that first time, you know the game, David Galtieri and all that. Well, that was actually played in Bologna in Italy. And like Andorra last month, again, England fans have been allocated tickets. The supporters club, well, they managed to obtain a total of 1,000 487 tickets. Frustratingly, though, family commitments mean I've been unable to go. But having been back in 2013, Rimini and the centre of San Marino, all great places to go and have a, uh, have a nose around. Although the ground, it is a running track affair. But like many, I'll be watching this one on the telly and I'm going to have to wait a little longer 
before I'm able to see the team on foreign shores. I'd like to welcome to the Three Lions podcast uh, San Marino fan Massimo, uh, who's calling us from uh, from Italy and San Marino. Hello, Massimo. Hi, Russell. How are you? Hi. You okay? Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm okay. I'm fine. And you? Yeah, I'm good. We are but, really, really but, happy to to play against England because every every time England comes to San Marino is a great, great, great uh, uh, show because of the uh, the love. Of the of the supporters coming to San Marino, of the of the singing, of the of the colours. So we are really, really happy to 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 play England again. The supporters club that you have, I was I thought we'll have a, a chat about that, but you might have to you might have to pronounce it for me. Yeah, Brigata Menazoya. Uh, it means uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, Brigade Never uh, a Joy. Okay. Uh, because we never we never celebrate because we 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 always lose. We are uh, <laughs> a little bit goliardic, but we are not um, something um, like a, a stupid group. It, it's, a, it's just because of the name, but uh, we really, really uh, care about our our team, our national team. So uh, we, we will uh, go into the flames for our boys playing. So it's just the name. We are, we we like to be Goliard to 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 joke about ourselves, but we are we are. Uh, a real, a real group. I see. So, when when did it come about? Well, uh, it always it, it all started uh, nine years ago. Actually, uh, I was still following uh, the the national team of San Marino by by TV because uh, I live uh, I I take two hours of car to come to San Marino because almost no one of us is from San Marino, so we are Italians. Okay. We have. We are uh, we have somebody from Germany from from abroad, but we we all live uh, out of San Marino. I started to follow San Marino by by, by TV in uh, in the middle of nineties, and uh, thus I I continued until twenty twelve when I found that uh, some uh, friends of of, my, of mine followed the national team of San Marino too. So uh, we uh, we were. We were watching the matches and we saw uh, a, a great silence throughout the, the stadium during the match. It looked like a, a theater, a cinema. Right. Because uh, no, no fan groups uh, singing for San Marino, of course, because when San Marino played the, the, the big national teams, uh, the, the, other, the, the opposite fans just uh, doing all the noise. But uh, no, no groups for San Marino. We decided to, to create a group, and uh, it all started uh, nine years ago. So, when you started this group, what was the reaction of the people of San Marino and and the San Marino team, the players? What what did they say? Do you know? Well, uh, the rest of the stadium uh, was a little bit shocked, surprised, because um, until that the day. Never, never a group of fans started to, to, to support by singing and with banners, with flags, etc. And, uh, well, uh, after nine years, uh, uh, nothing is changed uh, a lot because uh, we were a, a small group and we are still a small group 
supporting the national team and the rest of the stadium is like the theatre. <laughs> so, so are people shy to come and, and be with you? Yeah, maybe. Um, well, uh, the, um, the football in San Marino uh, is a little, it's something different like the, the rest of the world because San Marino is, uh, it's not the, the only small nation into the world. No. But, but it's settled in the middle of Italy. So uh, the, the 99% of the people is supporting Italian teams. Yes. It's celebrating when the, the Italian national team wins. So big celebration after the after Italy won the the European Cup, but but they uh, yeah they care about their national team, but they know that it's just something amateur team. So uh, yeah, somebody goes to the stadium to to watch the matches, but especially to to see the others. Yes. Okay. So uh, a theater was later the the day, and the theater is still now. <laughs> well, this World Cup qualification games obviously hasn't been a success for San Marino at the moment. You're well. You are bottom of the the group. Unfortunately, you're beaten twice by Andorra. Did you think that you would be able to beat Andorra? Uh, we are really, we are really playing bad. Of course, we are, <laughs> we are not a great national team. But I think that uh, right now, with the with the coach up to go away because uh, his contract is going is uh, is going over. Right. And uh, uh, it's uh, he's never been a great coach. I see. They, yeah, they they choose to to try an Italian coach who trained some Serbian Serie C teams, but uh, he was uh, just used to be sacked after two months. I see. He he thinks to to be a great professor, great teacher of football, but uh, he won almost nothing, and uh, he thought to to destroy the world by the Samarin national team. But the the only thing uh, that has been destroyed is our national team. So we, I think that uh, maybe two or three years ago we were able to beat Andorra, but you saw the two matches and we just took five goals yeah. in aggregate, and especially um, in the match when we played Andorra at home, we never shoot, we never right. shoot during the the ninety minutes, never, no a ball to the opposite goalkeeper. Yeah, there are some problems. And I think that uh, the next year with, with a new coach, and we hope with a coach from San Marino who knows the situation and um, the place. Yeah. Because so... uh, our, our players are just workers, are not professionals. If some, someone can't take permission from work, can't go to the national team. So we can't be the professional team he wanted to be. But there was a, I'm sure, a real highlight recently when Nicola Nani scored your only goal of this campaign. He scored against Poland, didn't he? Yep. How was that? Uh, it, was, it was a great moment because it, it wasn't expected at all, um, especially me. I was, I was giving the shoulder to the, to the, to the pitch because of... Uh, uh, I, I was uh, guiding the, the supporter, so um, 
maybe uh, the 8% of the time when I am uh, the, on, on the terraces, I, I, I can't watch the match. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I, I am like the, the director of the orchestra. <laughs> I see. So you're the man standing with, do you have a megaphone? No, uh, megaphones are not permitted. So I I create uh, an analogic vintage megaphone by paper. Okay, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> well, so it, so it can go inside the, inside the stadium. I call it the the, the brigatophone. Oh, okay. Well, but uh, we suddenly I, I I saw everybody just started to jump and celebrate and sing and of course i <laughs> i got that we scored so we just uh, rumbled down the stairs to go on the on the on the on the glass walls to yeah. to clap the wall and uh, to sing and to celebrate it it was a great uh, uh, a great time and it was uh, the second time i saw in in, uh, in real life a goal from San Marino. The first one was uh, the, the one with Kazakhstan of, uh, of um, 2019. And yeah, yeah it was the, the, sec- the, the, the second goal in, um, in, nine, in nine years of life of Brigata. And a goal is always a great, great, great time for us. Excellent. Excellent. Do you, do you remember the goal against England back in, was it 1993? Yeah, of, of course, not in real, not in real life. Because no. uh, back in the day, I was nine years old. But of course, we we uh, we saw that goal maybe a billion of times. <laughs> so we also know the the score, and he <laughs> he told us that for going to that match, he asked a permission to his father because they were uh, they, they, they they were working. And just to to to, to go into Bologna, play the match, and yeah, it was just I think the 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 third appearance of David, and he scored with no uh, and it, it wasn't expected at all. <laughs> he 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 told that well, I I tried, I tried to run. Maybe the the defender sometimes uh, make make some mistake and. Uh, it went good. Yeah, it's, it's a famous goal. I <laughs> during the match with Scotland, of, um, still um, back in 2019, all the Scots in San Marino and they uh, and uh, they were another million billion of billion of people. <laughs> I think that uh, they they took David and asked for a million pictures. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's still uh, he's still there, um, their hero and David laughs because yeah I'm just a uh, worker uh, I, I work on uh, on computers PC etc etc and sometimes uh, a Scott come to my my shop just to celebrate me <laughs> for no reason at all <laughs> and it's 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 fun it's funny of course because yeah uh, I I just did score the goal and after thirty years I still have some somebody ca- coming maybe maybe because they were they were on holiday here yeah in Italy, and they coming coming in my shop and celebrate me asking for for for, for a, a sign for. A, 
for a pic, uh, picture, and I, I I'm actually I was working. <laughs> oh, it's that's the beauty of football, isn't it? It's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, you say there's a, a lot of Scots came back in 2019. There'll be quite a few England supporters coming uh, this time for on the 15th of November. Unfortunately, I can't make it this time around. I went back in 2013. What could you tell England fans uh, who maybe haven't been to San Marino and to Cerevale before? What what is there to see and do? Uh, well, just to not not come not come if you don't have the ticket because uh, the, the the ticket office will be closed. Right. And uh, by due the to the COVID restriction, uh, they they are not allowed. Um, even to to approach the stadium. Well, we know I, we know that England fans have got about a thousand tickets, so there will be supporters in the stadium. Uh, one one thousand and five hundred. That's right, and that's a bit. And and I and it's the beauty of this match. Yeah, because um, playing England without English fans would be sad. Absolutely. Really sad. Yeah, yeah. And it would be uh, a great thing. Just one thousand and five hundred, and no more outside. Right. But I think that outside will, there will be anyone. There will be somebody for sure. Yeah, I think there will be quite a few England fans standing on the hill. There's a the yeah, hill behind but, one goal, isn't there? <laughs> it's the we call that here the, the the third terrace of the stadium. Of course. Not uh, the, you can't make it the fourth because uh, on the fourth there's uh, there's a street and um, and a display, but the, the third uh, the third terrace is, is always crowded by some uh, uh, opposite fans uh, with no tickets at all. But be careful, be careful due to the to the COVID restriction, yeah. etc. So in the the town there's there's a, a nice castle to go and go and look around i think isn't there and, and some good restaurants yeah of course uh, um the the city the capital yep. Sam, the city of san marino is is about uh, 10 minutes by car from the stadium 10 minutes or uh, 50 15 minutes because it's on the top it's on the top on the top of the hill but uh, it, it's amazing it's amazing you can you can choose to to go there during the day, and of course, everybody every time we we played England, and I saw England twice during the day. Uh, the, the 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 city of San Marino was overcrowded by by English fans, and it was it was a great a great spot of color on, on that medieval city. It was great, and of course, the city is amazing too. So I. Yeah, my advice is to to come to San Marino maybe during the morning, and have a have a trip. Also, because the the, the Republic is a is a little one, so you can you can see uh, almost everything. See everything in, in in a morning. Yeah, of course. Or if you don't want to to to, to go to go to go to the hill, there's there's Rimini, the city of Rimini, at um, twenty minutes by car from the stadium. But of course, we are in San Marino, and my advice is go to, to visit San Marino. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's hope that the uh, hope that the weather is good. And uh, what what do you expect from the game? Obviously, um, it's it's highly expected that England will win. But what would be a good a good result for for San Marino? 
I would like to would like to, to see our our teams to win even if, if we play Brazil people from Mars or the gods but I know that winning with England England will be very 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 hard and uh, we hope I know we, we lose but we hope to to play better than Andorra yeah. and uh, maybe not losing to to not 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 a, a heavy defeat because with the big nations yes yeah of course there's always the risk to go over the 10th goal yeah we, do, we don't want that because no one no one really wins when there's that many goals maybe we we hope to lose 5 nil 6 nil yeah even because, even even because i think that england won uh, wouldn't need to to score goals to ensure the qualification. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I understand. Massimo, thank you very much for your time um, and speaking to us on the Three Lions podcast. It, I've, obviously, you've got a a page on Facebook um, with lots of pictures of of you guys supporting San Marino. Are you on are you on Twitter or Instagram as well? No, no, just on uh, on Facebook. All right. Well, lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you to Massimo there. You can find his group over on Facebook. And thanks also to Elton for the Albanian aspects. And to you, as always, for tuning in. Don't forget the show is on all the usual social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can also find it on YouTube as well, should that be your your way of doing things. There are plenty more episodes still to come your way, especially for next year. I am working pretty hard on some World Cup specials. So stay subscribed and you won't miss those. As I say, they are for the new year. Something to look forward to. If you are heading to San Marino with or without a ticket, enjoy it, stay safe, and I'll catch up with you again soon for the review episode when hopefully it's confirmed we will be in Qatar this time next year. So until then, cheers. Cheers.